Great. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Um, two weeks ago, uh, I, um, I had my ears syringed. That's probably not something you've heard at the beginning of many sermons from Vickers, I expect, but I just thought I'd share that with you. Um, uh, yeah, it, do you know, the problem was that over a period of um, probably several months, my wife and children increasingly were getting really, really exasperated with me um, and kept saying, um, well, apparently I just kept saying, sorry, sorry, at the beginning, everything, everything they said. Um, now, I, that, that kind of statement should be bracketed probably by the well-known medical condition of male deafness, which flares up regularly uh, when people start talking about washing up, um, turning the football off, those sort of things. But this was, this was something very, very different from that. This was kind of the real deal. Um, I, I seemingly, I actually <laughs> was just not being able to hear very clearly. And the bizarre thing about that is when it kind of happens gradually, you don't necessarily realize that it's kind of crept up on you. You just kind of get used to it. And unless, until someone tells you, I think you're <laughs> going deaf, you, you really aren't hearing, then, then maybe there's a kind of a wake-up moment. Um, I knew I was in trouble when Sue, um, who, my lovely, lovely mother-in-law, who was a district nurse, brought her horoscope around. Now, I should just point out, it's not a horoscope, because if she'd brought that around, we would have been in all sorts of trouble, but it's an horoscope, which is what you look down an ear in. She was a district nurse and had one of these horoscopes. Um, and so she started looking into my ear. Now, at that point, she called over my wife, who used to be a nurse as well, and they both started making kind of noises that I could just about make up to the left and to the right. Well, they started one side and went, Ugh! and then the other side was, Ugh! so I knew I was kind of in real, real trouble. My ears were apparently completely blocked, which particularly can happen, so I'm told, if you're constantly putting in earplugs, and I use a lot of stuff with loud PA equipment and putting in things like that, and that can make it worse. So, you know, that's perhaps why. It's not that I don't wash my ears. Just thought I would say that. That's possibly more information than you needed. Anyway, so uh, typical male, I was kind of like, oh, can I just sort of stick my finger down and gouge it out? And they're like, no, you know, you really, it's slightly worse than that. Um, embarrassingly, they actually organized for me to go to see the nurse in Whitcomb because I'm a man and I don't organize things like that and phoning nurses and doctors. So got, got an appointment, went to see this um, nurse on a Monday morning and she <laughs> syringed my ears. Fortunately, she didn't go, Ugh! but she kind of, it was obviously said, yeah, that was really, really, really bad, which is quite embarrassing. But as I walked back from, and this is true, as I walked back from the nurse back home, just around the corner, I could suddenly hear, <laughs> really, really, really loudly, I could hear my, the nape of my neck rustling against my jacket. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's a strange thing to hear, you might say. And yes, I suppose it is. But the thing is that it was suddenly that loud that those little things I could hear. I could hear children playing in playgrounds miles away. I could hear ants scrabbling along the page. Okay, I couldn't hear that. That's not true. But it was, it was a revelation suddenly how much I could hear. My hearing was suddenly freed. My ears were unblocked. As I said, it's amazing how hearing we can take it for granted. I can now hear my wife and children really clearly. Um, <laughs> so terrible. But what about our spiritual hearing then? Okay, we've been thinking about this whole series of um, healthy living. So we thought about healthy eyes, having healthy eyes. And we're going through a whole th series and, and what does it mean to be healthy, healthy living, healthy Christians, 
healthy church. What does it mean to be a healthy church? Spiritually healthy. We live in a world where our physical health is often kind of, you know, up there is really important, and rightly so, because our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. We're, we're, we have this gift of God, our bodies, and God wants to, us to honour those and use those for his glory and be fit and healthy. I think that's important. But what about our spiritual healthiness? Sometimes we can let that slide, or we just get used to being deaf, or we just say, well, that's just how I am. God, I believe, is wanting to transform our hearts, transform our lives, and transform the church in this nation, which, if we're really honest, hasn't always been healthy. Sometimes it's been a place of um, sickness. It's been a place of dissension or disunity. It's been a place of gossip and slander. It's been a place where maybe it doesn't look very different from the world in the way we live our lives. God wants it to be a place of holiness, a place of joy, a place of light. I said last week, healthy things grow. And where we're seeing growth in our own lives and in the church, it's because there's probably a sense of healthiness there, kingdom healthiness. What might that look like? Well, I want us to think a little bit about hearing. What does it mean to have healthy ears? Because sadly, I really believe that for many Christians, we struggle to hear. Maybe we struggle to hear each other, but often we really, really also struggle to hear God and to hear God's voice. Um, I'm so thankful that I'm part of a church and part of a church culture where we believe that God speaks. But for many, many, many years, I was part of a church, I grew up in a church where the thought of God speaking to you, or you, you, you hearing and sensing God's voice, would have been a kind of complete anathema. It would have been a zee. And sadly, that may still be true. Maybe that's true for you here. Does God speak? Why does he speak? How does he speak? And do we know, do I know how to hear God's voice? That's what I want us to briefly look at tonight. And then we're going to model it. And then we're all going to have a go at doing some listening to God because I believe it's for all of us. And God wants to equip us to hear his voice. I think our starting point has got to be the fact that God is speaking. God wants to speak to us. And we can hear. All of us in this room, I believe, can hear. Sometimes we have to learn to hear. Sometimes we have to have our ears unblocked. Sometimes we need a bit of surgery or a bit of healing or a bit of intervention. Sometimes we just need to realign ourselves to, to, to hear from God. It's amazing how kind of even doing that, putting your hands on your ears like that when someone's speaking to you, it's amazing how it looks really silly, doesn't it? You think, I wouldn't do anything, but actually it does. Look, I want you all to, at the risk of looking silly, I want you all to put your hands behind your ears. Actually, take them down a second. You're, oh, sorry, that was a bit loud for you. Um, It is louder, and you do do that. When you want to hear, you do that. A natural reaction, but actually, the truth is, we need sometimes to do that to God. With God, there's a verse in it that says, incline your ear to heaven, incline your ear to me, says God. Now, when we want to hear God, it's not that we actually literally have to go like that, but in a sense, what we're doing with our body, we need to do with our soul, with our spirit, with our kind of inner man, our inner person, to go, God, I want to hear from you. There's a sense of turning to heaven to say, I want to hear. Well, my heart, my prayer for us tonight is that we do that. Not just tonight, but increasingly in our lives. We're constantly turning ourselves. We're leaning our ear to heaven to say, I want to hear from you, Father. Will you speak to me? I believe that you are speaking. I believe that I can hear. Help me hear more clearly. Isaiah 55.3 Give ear and come to me, says one translation, that your soul may live. See, it's a matter of life and death, I think. 
I meet so many Christians who are just kind of a bit dead inside. And part of that is because we haven't heard from God recently. Someone shares a word with you, perhaps a prophetic word or a word of knowledge or kind of a word of encouragement or a word from Scripture. So something comes alive inside. Something kind of a light bulb comes on. Well, as God says, give ear, turn your ear to heaven, listen to me and hear me that your soul may live. It's really important, I think. God has always been speaking. The question is, are we listening? God spoke to Adam and Eve and Noah, Abraham, Moses, Isaiah, Jeremiah, the Old Testament prophets who, who heard and who spoke God's words. Samuel, he's an interesting one, isn't he? He heard but didn't realize that it was God at that point. He heard three times before he realized uh, and was told to, that it was God's voice. St. Paul, all the way through the kind of New Testament, the, the early church fathers, the early church themselves, all the way through church history, is a people who believe and that we need to be listening and recognize his voice. But I wonder, do you know God's voice? Do you expect to hear God's voice speaking to you? Revelation 3.20, we read these words of Jesus. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with him and he with me. See, I think there's degrees of hearing God. If you're a Christian, if you've given your life to Christ, if there was a kind of either a particular moment where you turn to him or maybe you grew up in the church and you've come to a revelation of Christ, well, you have heard his voice. And the truth is, I think most of us actually hear God's voice a lot more than sometimes we realize in those little moments, those quiet voice inside, that kind of reminder to do someone or phone someone. So often it's the voice of the Spirit speaking to us, encouraging us. And maybe we don't always attribute it to God, but God is speaking. We don't always recognize it necessarily. And what does God call us to? What is the voice of Jesus wanting to say? Well, so often I meet people who, they kind of fear their anxieties, that when, if they hear from God, it's God going to be telling them off. God rebuking them. God giving them a hard time. God kind of pinpointing all their failures, all their mistakes. And of course, sometimes God does challenge us. But the heart of why God wants to speak to his people is because he wants us to encounter him, to have a deeper revelation of him. You see that in, in Eden. That's what it was all about in those early days. God wanted to walk in the garden with Adam and Eve, to engage with them in, in relationship. And that's what Jesus says in Revelation. If you hear his voice at the door... I will come in and eat with him. See, the heart of Jesus is to engage with us, to deepen relationship with us, to sup with us, as it says in one uh, translation. It's all about relationship. And that's why it's really, really, really important. But what about discerning the shepherd's voice amongst all the other voices that kind of clamor for our attention? It's hard, isn't it? You know, if I were to ask who here has heard God's voice, many of us kind of timidly perhaps put up our hands and we think, well, yeah, I have, but not always. And I'm sure we'd all love to hear God's voice more. Well, I believe the days we live in, we need to hear God's voice more clearly. Not just in the really big things, the life decisions like for Imogen and John about where they're going to be living and what, what, what their kind of life is going to look like, but in the small moments, day by day, to be a better parent, to be a better husband, to be a better wife, to be a better neighbor. God, what, what is it you're wanting to say? I have, a really big, <laughs> I have a really big thing about Lidl's, or Liddell, as we call it here in Bath, uh, about standing in the queue. Honestly, I go to these supermarkets. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't do it all the time. My wife is brilliant at doing this. But when I go there, I'm often struck by the person on the till who just looks so harassed and stressed. 
or miserable. Not always. There's a very chirpy person up at Sainsbury's who always very impresses me. But most of them are pretty miserable, if I'm honest, because it's a tough job. And I'm standing there in a queue thinking, God, what is it you might want to say to this person today? Because I promise you, he wants to say something to her. And sometimes in those moments, I do get a bit of a sense of what God may want to say. And sometimes I'm bold enough to say it. Not always. But, I mean, they get some really weird people in little anyway. So I'm only kind of just another one. But hopefully a bit more helpful. <laughs> Can we bring God's words? People, I think this mic's dying. Can I grab your one? In, in those moments, to bring those words of life, to bring those light bulb moments for people to encounter God. I think that's how God wants to use his church, to use us. And that's an exciting, exciting thing. We need to hear God's voice, not just for ourselves, but for others. And I think that's really exciting when you can do that. I'm really thankful that I'm part of a church where often people pray and they sense God saying stuff for me, for my family, for others. And that's just such a joy to see how God leads and God encourages us. Because Jesus does want to lead us. See, in that passage he said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. A few years ago, some of you who are old enough to remember, there was a program on television called One Man and His Dog. It was a gloriously awful program um, with sort of lots of strange people standing in the middle of a field going, come by, come by, woo, 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 and whistling. Um, anyone under the age of 30 is looking at me like I'm mad. And it was basically, <laughs> yes, this one, it was basically shepherds who were in a shepherd competition with their dog. And they would drive these sheep around a field in and out posts uh, into like a pen, right? Remember that, don't you, some of you? Yeah. And that, of course, is how. A Western shepherd works. A Western shepherd has a sheepdog and a stick, and they drive the sheep all across the nation. There are drovers' lanes where they used to drive the sheep up and down, and you know, and particularly around the Cotswolds and up in Scotland. And that is what—that's what we do. <laughs> Here comes the sexton with a microphone. Come on, he's a man of action. Um, and and that would drive the sheep. But that's not how Middle Eastern shepherds were. And that's not how they are today. If you go to the Middle East and even some parts of Europe, a Middle Eastern shepherd would never drive the sheep. A Middle Eastern shepherd would live with the sheep day and night. They would rest with them. They would sleep there with them. They would protect them overnight. They would lead them to places of water, places of pasture. And they would go and the sheep would simply follow. Not because they were driven, but because they had learned to trust the shepherd. The shepherd literally would lay his life down for them. If the bear or the wolf came, he would fight them. So the sheep knew that was the place to stay. And the sheep recognized his voice. So when there were other voices around, they wouldn't follow the wrong shepherd. They would follow their shepherd because they trusted him. And that's what Jesus is saying. I'm like that shepherd. You need to learn to hear my voice because I'm the one who's going to lead you. And I don't coerce you and cajole you and drive you and push you. You need to hear my voice. And sometimes it's very tender and very gentle. But will you trust me enough to follow Will you turn your ear to me to listen? That's the picture that Jesus is trying to paint to say, I want to lead you. So how does God speak? How do we discern Jesus' voice in the midst of lots of other voices? Well, I believe that in this, this is where the Bible is key. We've got to be a people of the Word. We've got to read the Word. We've got to study the Word. I think it's helpful doing different kinds of reading of the Scripture. Just reading it through in a chunk is really good. Just reading bits every day, as well as kind of picking and chewing a particular 
passage and kind of chewing it like a cow chews the cud to get every little morsel. That's good, but sometimes it's good just to read it. It's really good to get different versions. Get something like the message or the amplified, just to read something that's, that's fresh. Because sometimes, when you, if you, particularly if you grew up in church, sometimes you might read a version of the Bible that you know so well that when you read it, you don't really read it. Do you know what I mean by that? Sometimes the verse is so familiar to you, you'll have read a passage and you thought, actually, I've scanned read it. I haven't really read it with my eyes. I've read it with my mind because I remember it. And I don't remember anything I've just read. Sometimes when you flip to a different translation, you have to read it, actually read it and slow down. And that's sometimes a really helpful thing to do. And sometimes revelation comes, you see things in a whole new way. The Bible's key because when it's in here, it sometimes bubbles out. It's God's word, and we need to hold it also because it's our plumb line. So that when God speaks to us, we're able to say, does that kind of chime with Scripture? Does that feel right? Is that really God's word? So God speaks through the Bible. Hopefully, occasionally, God speaks through things like sermons. Occasionally, hopefully. God speaks through other people, through friends, sometimes through unexpected people. Sometimes with their wisdom, with their help. That's why it's really good being part of a church community because we, we, we listen to God together. Sometimes through circumstances. Dreams, I believe, is a, as we're in a real season where God is speaking through dreams. Um, Sarah, my wife, has been doing a, a, just a brilliant course on um, dream interpretation, Christian dream interpretation, and it's been an utter revelation. Some of the kind of revelation that's come through it has been staggering, both for us here as a church, but also on a city level. Sometimes we need to learn to see where God is speaking to us through dreams. Many of you will know the church I worked for before. Someone was employed in that church because of a dream. Their name came in a dream, supernaturally, ridiculously, ludicrously. I haven't got time to go into that whole story now. But God can speak supernaturally in our dreams. Are we listening? Are we expecting his voice? Sometimes it's just that inner voice that still, we know that we know that we know that inside in our hearts, God is speaking to us. And how do we test it if we sense God speaking? Well, as I said, the Bible is our plumb line. I also think it's really kind of helpful. Sometimes I've heard people say, well, I think God's saying this. And in my mind, I'm thinking, could I really imagine Jesus saying that? I think sometimes that's a helpful plumb line. Does this sound like the type of thing Jesus would say, could say? What does that voice sound like? What does it feel like? Does it build up? Does it edify? We're told that when God speaks to the body, to the church body, through prophecy, through others, that it's about building up, it's about encouraging. What's the fruit of that word? Does it bring life? Because my experience is that God's word bring fruit. They bring life. Sometimes it's a challenge but it's a challenge to grow into more holiness, or it's a challenge to grow into more godly living, or a challenge to encounter more of the Father's grace. If it bears that sort of fruit, and if it has that kind of scent of heaven around it, it's probably a case that God is speaking. So I'm going to kind of come in and land in a second, and we're going to do some of this and model some of this. Jesus, his voice, frees us rather than oppresses us. Religion will often squash us into a box. And sadly, often in churches, some church leadership has been guilty of oppression and, and constraining or control or manipulation, so-called in the name of Jesus. But actually, it's been often more about the church or about them or their brokenness. But Jesus' true voice sets us free. It liberates us. It heals us. It transforms us. 
Yes, sometimes it deeply challenges us, but it challenges us to walk from dark places into the light or to grow more Christ-like. Jesus' voice doesn't say, do this and then maybe you'll be good enough to be one of my sheep. Jesus' voice says, you belong to me already. No one can snatch you from my hand. Jesus came that they may have life and life abundantly. That's what the voice of God is all about doing. And it calls us into deeper friendship. Do you want to go deeper with God? As I was kind of thinking about this for tonight, I was remembering C.S. Lewis in one of his Narnia books, The Last Battle. Is it the unicorn? I can't remember. One of them talks about kind of, speaking of the heaven and kingdom, talks about, it says, come further up, come further in. I think for us all, it's easy to settle as a Christian, to get used to, yeah, I believe that God speaks, yeah, I read the Bible, yeah, I kind of worship. But God says, don't be satisfied with the kind of, ears a bit clogged with the kind of earwax of life. God says, there is so much more clarity that I want you to hear my voice. My voice that transforms. My voice that directs. For those of you who are in business in the workplace and you're trying to discern what's the right response in a workplace, man, you need to hear the prophetic voice of God in those moments. For those of you who are teachers and you've got some really tough kid in your class and you're thinking, what is going on with this kid? How do I break through to him? You need to hear the voice of God because he has all wisdom and can tell you some solutions. For those of you who are parents, who are just struggling or who are lonely or are kind of, I don't know how to do this. The Father wants to speak words of tenderness and healing to you, breakthrough. Whatever your circumstance, whether you're a student, whether you're unemployed, whether you're a uh, a mum on the door or a dad working at home, whatever it may be, God wants you to come further in. Come further up. Come further in. Experience more of his voice. Hear him more clearly. Get used to his voice more clearly. So, how do we do that? Well, we need to listen. And so often we can be really easily, too easily, I think, distracted or not concentrating on the right thing. It goes back to what I said about our eyes last week. Where are our eyes? Where are our ears? And God often keeps speaking to us and keeps trying to draw our attention back. But actually, I don't want us as church to simply be so busy doing church that we miss God's voice. This stuff is really important to me. We're talking about taking this whole roof off, doing a kitchen refurb, transforming the hall, spending a lot of money not just because we want a nice big church, because to be honest, we don't care about building a reputation or a kingdom or a name. But if God wants to, this church to be a place, a resource, then we want to be obedient to that. But we really need to hear God's voice in that. Because if we're going to spend upward of 250000 300000 pounds on this place, I don't want to simply blindly go into that because it sounds like a really good idea. Well, it's obvious we should do that. Of course we should do that. It's all about the kingdom. Because God may be telling us to just sell this building and move to a warehouse. And do you know what? I'm fine with that. Because if God is saying that, that's the right thing to do. I'm committed to being here as vicar, <laughs> which will be good news to some of you, perhaps not for others. For many years, I, I think that's what God's calling us here. But if God said to us tomorrow, as a family, I want you to move to Afghanistan, we'd go. Because God's voice is always perfection. 
question is, are we listening and are we willing to hear that? Or do we go, oh, I've got a really bad earwax, God can't hear that, la, 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 la. Sometimes we, we, we turn away from God's voice because it makes us uncomfortable or it challenges us. It's not what we want to hear. Sometimes that's true with sin in our life, isn't it? And the voice of God doesn't shout out, Oi, you sinner, one in the third row. <laughs> Get it sorted. God speaks very tenderly. He doesn't expose us. Sorry if you're in the third row, by the way. He doesn't, expo- <laughs> he doesn't expose us like that. I've shared the story. I'll finish with this. I've shared the story how I was in a meeting at a previous church and, and I was really tired and I wanted to go home. And it was about, it was a praying for the Holy Spirit to come. And these people kind of, we've been talking about gifts of the Spirit. And as I looked across the room, about 150 people in this room, I saw this person over the other side. And as I looked at them, I heard the word alcoholic. I thought, oh no. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear that, God. I don't know what to do with that anyway, so I'm not going to do anything with that. So I sat there in the meeting. The meeting was drawing to a close. I was really tired and I was hoping to go home. This person came over to me. This was back in Bristol. And came up to me and said, um, I'd really like you to pray for me, Tim. I, I, I'm really excited by God at the moment. And I just, I'm on fire for him and I want more of his spirit. And I kind of thought, oh no, what do I do? So in that moment, I do what, you, what I, when I don't know what to do, I just pray in tongues. So I said, let's pray. I'll pray for you. Oh Lord, please. <laughs> and, and as I started praying, um, and this man's given me permission to share this story. I won't say his name. But as I started praying, out of my mouth came this word of Scripture. This is why being submerged in Scripture is important. I just found myself praying, Lord, I thank you it says in your word, do not get drunk on wine, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that came out of my mouth. I thought, oh, that's quite good. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. And as I said it, he burst into tears. Now, this bloke was massive. He was about six foot five, built like a big chap. He was massive. And he started sobbing, 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 sobbing. And I just, I, I just asked God to bless him. And we stood there for about ten minutes while he cried. And then people started drifting away. I thought it was a bit weird and they kind of drifted away. And eventually he stopped and he said, Tim, I need to tell you this. I haven't ever told anyone. But he said, for the last three months, I've been coming home from work every single day, drinking bottles of wine with the guys in my house. I can't control it. I don't know what to do. I feel such, so ashamed. And we just prayed together, and God broke through into his life. Now, to that, that to me was a beautiful moment, because he repented, God's Spirit came, he got refilled really with the Spirit. Now, in that moment, why did God tell me as I was looking across the room? Well, it wasn't to stand up and go, Oi, you, yeah, you over there looking slightly smug. God's just told me you're an alcoholic. That is not how God works. That's not God's heart. But God often wants to unpick the brokenness in our lives. And often, very graciously, we use family to do that. Because often we can't see the brokenness in our own lives, or we get so trapped by it, we don't know how to get out of it. And so we put on this Christian front of, I'm okay, I can't confess to the person, people around me who are so together that I'm struggling. And God says, that's okay, I know you do love me. And I'm going to put someone with you who will help you. And they're a bit stupid, so I'll give them a word that will help them pray for you properly. Because there's nothing special about me. God's gracious. God wants to use his church. He wants to use you, all of us, in that ministry to bring blessing and life. His words of life that unpick a situation. And for this guy, he wasn't exposed publicly in front of everyone. He was able. He, he, he didn't even know that I knew that. But he was able to confess. God broke in and God turned his life around. That's what God's words of life will do. We need to be aware 
that God is going to speak to us and through us. I'm going to finish. And we're going to um, pray for each other. And I want, to, I want us to finish by actually praying for each other. And you might think, Aah! so what we're going to do is we're going to model it and show you what we mean by that. Some of you will feel really, really comfortable praying for other people. Some of you won't. None of this is enforced. We're not going to make it, um, you have to do this. You might just want to be an observer. That's fine. We're going to kind of mix it up a little bit. But we're going to pray for someone and ask for God's um, words of blessing on them and words of encouragement for them and ask that God would speak to them. Now I'm going to get some guys, as a staff team, every Tuesday morning we uh, have a team meeting here and we, we plan services, we listen to God, we try and discern what God's saying. And there's a group of us in that meeting, there's Peter and Victoria Jones, Peter, my sexton, and Victoria Jones. There's um, Debbie Nish, she's part of that team, Mary's there, Hayden's there. And each week we pick a different person. And after, before we get into all the planning of all the rotors and all that, we worship for about 15 minutes, and then one person gets in the middle, and then we pray for them, and we prophesy over them. And we say what we think God is saying to them. And for me, that is really important for my team. That, that we all of us, and I take my turn in there, and, and, and I sit in the middle and they pray for me, I think it's so important that we hear God's voice. And we can do that as a little team, and we want to model it every week. Always good to ask whether the person's happy for you to do that. And I'm going to get that team that come out and, and do that, so... Mary and Hayden and Mew, why don't you come as well if you're happy to? And Mark and Debbie and Peter and my sexton, can he come out as well? Andrew, if you want to come and pray as well, if you fancy that. Now, the, what we, the way we do this, can we stick up that, that thing that I've got, Bill? You know, so often we as Christians can be really weird. And what we're talking about is not being weird. So we don't need to get into... Thus saith the Lord. If you actually speak like that, that's fine. Um, but if you're kind of normal and you just sort of speak normal English, it's fine to be that as well. We're talking about developing a hearing ear. One of the things we always pray before we pray for the person in the middle, and we do it every week, um, always pray and say, Lord, we want to bless Matt. We want to listen to your words of love him. Lord, you really know Matt. You love him. So we submit ourselves to God. We say, Holy Spirit, will you fill us? Will you speak to us? Will you help me listen to you? Put all the distracting things down so we can hear. And we kind of get our hearts right before God. I know if there's things in my life, there's stuff that I've not dealt with, there's kind of sin or there's anger or there's frustration, it's really good for me to get that dealt with God so there's not a block between me and God. I get that dealt with. And then we start praying. And we start asking God for pictures or words or sometimes scriptures come up. Or sometimes you just get a sense of something. And then we share those. So what we're going to do is, we are going to do that for Matt. We're going to pray for him. We're going to ask God to speak. And we're going to model what we mean. And then in little groups, I'm going to encourage you to get together in five or six and maybe have a go at praying for one of the very, very brave people in your group. And you're going to have a go at doing this. And the type of words we share, as it says up there, we're going to ask, whenever I get something from God, I think, does that sound like scripture? Does it echo scripture? Maybe it is a scripture. Does it feel like the type of thing that Jesus would say? Does it, will it, is it going to build up and edify? Is it going to encourage Matt rather than crush him? Is it going to make him feel, yeah, more in love with Jesus, more loved by Jesus? And I put here no dates and mates. That's kind of one of the rules that we had back in Bristol, that most of the stuff we're sharing, we're not telling people who they're going to marry, especially if they already are married. We're not telling them, we're not telling them specific things that are going to happen. You know, that we, we, God can do that. I've been in meetings where there's been remarkably specific words 
But we're not going to get, we're not talking about that here. We're just talking about words of encouragement, words of scripture, words of blessing. <laughs> we could go on all night. And now that's not because we're really spiritual. It's because God loves this man. And God wants to speak into his life. Words of encouragement, words of direction. But that's no different from every single one of you. And actually, we could get any one of you out here and do the same. And that's not because we're special, but that's because you're special. Because God loves you. And God wants to speak those words of encouragement and life to you. The question is, do we put ourselves in a situation where we can do that? Where we, f- we find time for that? And I want to urge us to put ourselves in a context, whether it's a church context or a family context, where we can do that more and more and more. That's why life hubs are so important. That's why pastorate here is important. That's why being rooted in a church that's a family is important because then we stand with one another. We love one another. And we turn our ears to heaven and we say, can we pray for my friend, for my brother, for my sister? Whether they're in a great time or whether they're in a difficult time, the good shepherd leads us. Whether we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's there with us. And so we want to model that, model that, to be naturally supernatural because the Father wants to speak to us and through us. And so we want to do that more and more and more. We want to encourage you to listen to heaven. When you come to church on a Sunday night, before you come, say, Lord, is there something you want me to share tonight? When you go and visit your friends, when you're going to phone people or write a letter, Lord, is there a word of encouragement that I can bring? 